Hey everybody, welcome back to Visions, Veiled and Violent. Last episode, our band of intrepid heroes managed to extricate my character, the overly curious halfling Nevitz, along with his protective barbarian big brother Adwale, from the smoke-filled chamber, avoiding a fight with whatever lived in the room's central pit. Unable to ascend the rope that had been burned through with some form of acid, the wary Hanataz barricaded themselves in the cocoon room to recover some of their strength. While there, however, Nevitz heard a whispering voice in his head that was just beyond recognition, but which he and more feared may be related to the druid's new gift. That fear was further intensified when the rogue Luthander heard the same whispers and experienced the same resulting nosebleed. Committed to the adage that the best way out is through, the young Zadis pushed deeper into the tunnels, making two significant discoveries. In another altar room, more surprisingly, if probably disingenuously, prayed to the voice in her head and received several scrolls. In that same room, the second discovery was an enormous spider that, even more surprisingly, was won over to the party's side by Jericho when she used a scroll to heal the monster's wounds. Committed to helping its new friends escape from their predicament and avoid being hurt by the bad thing again, Spider Robert ascended the well and was in the process of anchoring the climbing rope with his own webbing when Adwale heard the strange yet unmistakable sound of even larger spider legs coming from the direction of the room filled with purple smoke. As we left off last week, the the group had ended having befriended a giant spider that they had named Robert and convinced it to climb out of the old well and anchor a rope for them to escape. However, as they were in the process of enacting this plan, Adewale spied the approach of a large creature similar to the ones that you had faced before, but on a much bigger scale and of a seemingly more advanced evolution of unnatural abomination. So as it is forcing its way down the tunnel towards you, we go to the party to determine how they will face this threat. So, Adewale is taking the front. That's a given. I'm assuming that it's not all the way through that passageway, right? Nope. Yeah. It's, it's, it's coming its way slowly but surely, but it's, it's so big that it's, it's struggling to get its way all the way through. I will stand somewhere near the entrance from where that tunnel opens. That way, it's harder for it to get through, and it only attacks me. Can I perceive how many hit points it has? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Lefender, <laughs> give me a nature check on this thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for hearing me. Yeah, well, why not? Natural 20. Yes. <laughs> uh, natural 20. Um, there it is. So, Lefander, in a, you feel a a moment of being touched by the Zionthus itself, the power that that infuses all of the world of Zayathe, and you intuit in that moment that this thing has more hit points than any of you put together. Oh. I am going to turn to everyone and say exactly that. What you What's just heard, what you just didn't hear from the voice, I'm going to relay in those words. That's quite compelling, Nate. What's That's my job. Uh, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to say, I can we distract this thing long enough to but, get out of here? Um, I I'm might be able to in some way. And then I'll look at more and say, <laughs> and ask how long this is going to take um, the spider. Before I follow up with that question, I wanted to backtrack to when the spider ran in and he roared, did I understand what it had said? Uh, no. It is not a natural creature. Interesting. Okay, I'm just going to yell up, Robert, um, how much longer, Robert? And then you hear from the, the top of the well, your spider friend shouting back, I'm doing my best. He's doing his best, Lathander, okay? Um, also, I am a spider. I do not understand time. <laughs> oh, God. Picking up on the fact that we're probably not going to get out of this uh, boss fight, um, Nevitz is going to run up to Atawale and pull out the scroll of False Life and cast it on him as Atawale is running up to block the door. The False Life level one necromancer spell is going to give 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points to Atawale, if you'd be so kind as to roll. Two on the die for 6 HP. Six 21. extra hit points to Adewale. And following that, can I go ahead and cast Protection from Poison on Adewale as well? You sure can. So Protection from Poison, second level spell that gives Adewale advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and resistance to poison damage. So I take half poison damage. Might be helpful in the very near future. Not taking his eyes off the spider just in case. Uh, Jericho, you can cast Minor Illusion as 
can't trip. Can't you? I mean, yeah. I'm going to make a as big of a fire as possible right in front of this thing just to freak it out. Let's see if it can detect the illusion. I think it's a DC 14. As you cast your spell, you see that the magical illusory flames burst to life in the corridor in front of it. Yeah, and like I want it to be on the ground right in front of where it's at, like as it's coming towards. All right, and so it it, uh, it stops rearing up uh, slightly as it lets out another angry. And this is where the spider uses what is called a legendary action, which allows it oh. to act at the end of, an, of another character's turn to belch forth a string of necrotic web at Jericho. That stuff sizzles, I'm telling you. And the spider rolls a 21. But Jericho, you take two necrotic damage uh, and you are currently restrained uh, unless you can make a DC 12 strength check. Okay, let's see what I can do. It's the biggest D20 ever. Uh, That is a 12. 12 on the dot. Okay. And so even though the the web burns where it touches you, you manage to fight your way through, flexing your powerful mime muscles, getting your way out of that corridor. I'm flexing. I'm I'm doing the Mr. Universe poses as I'm ripping out of the beautiful arms. More. What do you do? Um... I, before I can really do anything, I want to help Adewale, so I'm going to run over to Jericho and just reach out my hand, mage armor, and try to get the scroll from her, because she has the mage armor scroll, and cast that on myself. You cast mage armor, which gives you a bonus to your armor class. I think it's dex plus, what was it again? Uh, 13 plus your dex modifier. Okay, cool. You now an armor class with 13 plus dexterity. Well, Lathander. What are you doing as you watch this thing you know, being momentarily held at bay by the false flames as this belching necrotic webbing at Jericho? Uh, so I have my rapier. I want to switch to my shortbow. Okay. And can I change weapons and attack? Yeah. Um, so, And do I have a, a clear shot? More There's or a less, lot yeah. happening in front of me. Okay. So you're you're an going... expert 16-year-old bowman. What could it possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing's gone wrong so far. Things worked out exactly the way we thought it would. So yeah. I will. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take a shot at uh, our new friend. Has it really gone wrong? Eight plus six is a fourteen. You fire off the bow, and the arrow deflects off of the thing's chitinous hide. Oof. Mm. Nevis, what are you doing at this time? Uh. Again, so he just cast a spell on Adewale as Adewale is standing before this creature, and he knows if Adewale, you know, can somehow well, it's not in front of me quite yet. Oh, is it not in front of you? No, Wait, it's, it's, it's not in melee yet. Originally... Uh, but in that case, I would just take one shot with the sling then, uh, okay. preparing preparing to run under it if it does come through the flame. Slingshot, got it. Okay, sure. so fire away, <laughs> Nevitz. Uh, a three on the die is going to miss for an adjusted nine. Yep, that's not going to do it. Adewale, what you got? Um, I'm going to take my javelin with pinpoint accuracy and the strength of 10,000 men. <laughs> I'm going to throw the javelin and try to nodge it right in the joint of one of, the, one of its legs to either center it off balance or slow it down in some kind of way. For 200 points of damage. For, yeah... <laughs> Make it three. Uh, 20 total. 14 on die, six adjusted. 20. Yep, that's going to hit. Roll the damage. Javelin damage. Go. Um, One million. Yeah. One million dollars. One. Money shot. Uh, uh, 1d6 one one plus six. strength. Yep. Okay, thank you. Plus four. Seven? Seven. And so the javelin glances off the, the height of this thing, leaving a long nasty gash along its side and it oozes greenish purple fluid as the beast roars pain and anger charging towards Adewale. Um, and then before you continue on um, I did want to bonus action rage after the fact I threw that. Not before. 
And so the spider is uh, ignoring the illusory, illusory flames that they give off no heat in, in its desperate rage to sink its fangs into Adewale. It leaps at him for a bite. That is a natural one. So the thing lunges for you. Adewale, how do you dodge this thing's horrible sideways maw? Um, I'm quite honestly just going to keep the flat of the blade and shove it in its maw to push it away. That's that's the most basic way that he thinks. To keep it away from not getting past him, he's just going to use his body as a shield for his family. As you're holding the flat of the blade to keep its fangs away from you, its breath smells like someone blowing the smell of rotting meat directly into your face. (laughs) My hero. All right, back to Jericho. Jericho, what do you do? I think Jericho is just going to throw an axe at it. Pull the hand axe off of their belt and just throw it right in its face. Go for it. Potentially. That is a 13 to hit. 13 is a miss as the the axe blade just glances off of the creature's hide, uh, having no apparent effect on it as it madly slashes its jaws against the flat of the blade that's holding it back from Adewale. Yeah. Does there, like, look like there's any part of it that's, like, fleshy, or is it just all bone and ridges? It looks like it's basically a enormous bone spider. Like, someone had mm. built this monstrosity out of bone and then filled it with meat. No, I don't like that. <laughs> and bad think, breath. And bad breath. Like, oh, and bad breath. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to get distance myself from it. All right. Point. Keep your distance some more. What are you doing? Okay, I am mage armored up. I'm going to get into melee range of this okay. giant spider like an idiot. Um, bonus action, I'm going to cast Shalala, uh, which will turn my quarter staff, um, any attacks I make with it, using instead of my strength modifier, my spellcasting modifier. And then okay. I am going to make an attack with my quarter. Please do. Given the business. The eight on the die. Sorry, this is actually the first time I ever cast this spell. Let me read it really quick. Okay. So it will be a eight. Fourteen is a fourteen hit. Fourteen does not hit. Cool, cool, cool. Describe your swing on this creature. Yeah, so when she casts um, onto this quarter staff, she stomps it into the ground and... Um, gold glowing energy and wraps her staff and she does a giant swing towards the spider and got too excited and missed. Catch empty air, barely missing the thing's head as the spider uses its legendary action and you see its its green eyes glow all the brighter as horrid, dripping goo starts spilling out of its maw. We're getting gooey. <gasps> Very gooey. Mm. I see right. what you did there. All right, Lathander, what you got? Okay, Lathander is maintaining his distance as best he can. We're taking another shot with the short bow, rolling a twenty. Twenty, rolling a twenty. I hope. Let's see. It's a natural one. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I shoot myself in the foot with my short bow accidentally. <laughs> oh, like harmlessly in like the very tip of the toe leather. So I just, just yeah. you know, only your pride is hurt. It's great. Yeah. It's it's going as well as my uh, saving of the child <laughs> from the bear. <laughs> that it's worked out great exactly. in the end. So I, oh, I, I predict the same. It's going exactly how I thought. Oh, that reminds me. That uh, Is that of any use right now? No. No. Short answer, no. Short okay. answer, no. The long answer is no. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Thank you. I'm done. Uh, Nevitz. Okay, so while Steven misunderstood the exact battlefield geometry last turn, Nevitz has never been more certain after watching everyone else miss, some of us twice, that Atawale is our only hope. So <laughs> Nevitz is running forward, using halfling, halfling nimbleness to first dodge in between uh, his brother's legs and then jumping, you know, kind of uh, crisscrossing to do avoid being stomped by the spider. 
to get behind it and do one stab at advantage, but more importantly, give an advantage to Etiwale. Okay. Roll for it. A, a natural one, which I get to re-roll. Yep. Which is, the other one was a 14. The natural re- one re-rolled was an 18 for a 24 to hit. That definitely hits. Roll damage, All right. please. All right. Come on, gooey cube die. Get it. A natural one, which does not get to re-roll, uh, plus four, so five points of damage. Five points of damage. Now, please describe your your sword-dancing strike into the spider. So after tumbling between the legs of the spider and getting up, he kind of tries to launch forward and stab with his itty-bitty scimitar, and it just barely pokes through the chitinous exterior. And as he pulls it back, there's a little bit of viscous blood on it, uh, but it does not seem to hurt the spider as much as he would have hoped. And in fact, the, the spider begins to rotate itself around to face the source of this new annoyance. In time for Adewale to be up. Uh, congratulations on being an annoyance, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a great swing with a great leap. A, a, a great, great swing with a great sword. English. The greatest. Okay, that's a good roll with advantage. I'll take the set first one. I got a natural one on the second one, so I'll take the 17. Uh, plus, 17 hits? Yeah, okay, cool. It was 18 total. Um, So as I'm swinging my sword down, electrical sparks of arcane and magic does, uh, start coursing through my sword as I swing away for a total of 11 damage. 11 damage. There we go. go. And it has to make a save. Constitution save and throw. It fails. And what's the effect? Uh, It it has disadvantage until my next turn. Or on all attacks until my next turn, I should say. Okay. That could be Uh, very helpful. uh, It will indeed, uh, because the spider is still lunging for the exposed Nevitz, who looks delicious there, just sitting there as a (laughs) plump little halfling. (laughs) A little hors d'oeuvre, just... Oh, no. He's, he's spry. And it rolls a one. So you're fine. There we go. That, describe, I would, but, just, but describe for it, uh, the, that was how you dodged the spider lunging for you. I don't think it was even Nevitz dodging. Nevitz was still kind of surprised that he found himself in that situation when the spider turned. And as his head was coming down, that's right when Adewala hit it from the, the backside, pulling its attention away, and Nevitz just is able to tumble to the left. All right. Jericho, back to you. I don't think I have another casting of Thunderway. I think that was it. Seeing as how the axe didn't work, I'm going to throw my dagger now. <laughs> Pull my dagger off my belt and throw that too. Throw everything out. Uh, this time it's uh, 14. 14, also a miss. The, the, okay. the dagger likewise clatters harmlessly off the thing's thick hide. I cower. You, you gotta throw that huge d20 at it next time. Okay, I'm I used to have one that was like the size of a baseball. I need to get that one again. It'll be even loud. There you go. God. <laughs> More back to you. All right. I'm angry now. I'm going to wield my quarterstaff two oh. hands. Okay. And I'm just going to let out a battle cry as I take another swing at this guy. <laughs> a natural 20. There it is. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Ash's face in. Ten damage. Ten, ten damage. I just keep remembering that it's got more hit points than all of us combined. So yeah, I'm kind of yeah. knocking off one of us each time this ah. happens. So this is great. Mm-hmm. We're down two of us, I think. Uh, oh, hold on. The uh, it, it calculated that with your strength score, not your spell modifier. Oh, it used my charisma. Sorry. So instead of minus two. It should be plus your charisma bonus. Because Shalala, that's the, the whole point of the spell. So basically, because it, it it took it did minus two because it's using your strength, but since it's using your spell casting modifier, uh, it should be okay. plus four. So it's, instead of you doing ten damage, it should do sixteen damage. Yes, you are right. Thank you. That's a full three hanatas. All right, uh, Luthander, you're up. All right, Luthander's got a nice little uh, process happening here. He shoots something, usually not the creature that he's trying to shoot, and then. Let's wait to see what else happens. Uh, I will... How many arrows have I got? 20. I've got 18 arrows left, so I am going to continue with the short bow. That is a 12 
plus six for 18. That's a hit. Finally. 1d6 plus four piercing. Four plus six. Uh, sorry, four plus four. Eight. Uh, plus your sneak attack because you have allies in melee with it. Hey, another d6. Another four. Twelve. For a total of 12. That's another Hanatas down. Uh, and in response, the Arachnid Queen is going to use its legendary action to blast Necrotic Web at Lathander. Oh, not this again. 14. Uh, I'm a 15. Ah, so you're good. <sighs> yes. You managed to... D- tell me how you dodge the, the vomit of of Necrotic Spiderweb being thrown at you. I do the surprised scream face that uh, teenagers can do so well as I see the necrotic sludge coming at me and I just flat out hit the ground, like, on my back, pancake myself, uh, and it flies... Harmlessly. Misses me by millimetres as I uh, hit the ground. Yeah, that's it. Works every time. Nevitz, you're up. Uh, Nevitz... uh trusting the system that uh, he does more just by being in a place to give advantage to his brother. He's going to take a swing. Uh, natural one, which will be re-rolled. Uh, natural 16 and natural 13 for a 22 to hit. That'll hit. 26 plus four. That's eight points of damage. Uh, Nevitz, tell me how you finished the fight. <laughs> yes. Very unexpectedly. Uh, he, I mean, again, he's at this point, he just saw reach around to, or turn around to shoot at uh, Luthander and he just jumps up he's got to jump to even hit the, the undercarriage of this thing and he just stabs up and it hits something vital and instead of a small stream of viscous everything just pours right back on Nevitz's face he's like and it falls down and he's both pleased and not so pleased all at the same time and with that this thing that's the size of a, a an oxen comes crashing down on top of Nevitz. Eddie! Eddie! Um, Edwall is going to lift uh, the spider, not all the way up, but just enough to where Nevis can get out. Uh, and yeah, he climbs out. Oh, I just want to let you know, brother, you stole my kill. I'm sure you'll get the next five, Eddie. <laughs> As the, the green glow in the creature's eyes slowly dulls until it goes out entirely, more uh, you hear a you hear a, fa- a now familiar voice whispering in your ear. You have taken my queen, but I shall soon take yours. And then you feel a you feel this sense of of weight coming off of you, like someone had had taken a a heavy backpack off your shoulders and just lifted it off and your mind feels more clear than it has ever since you woke up. Moore takes the first deep breath of the day and just looks to the group, big smile on her face. We did it, guys. She did threaten to kill the queen, but hey, we did it. You know what? Hey, Robert! Queen? You, you, you see the little, you know, you see a, a spider face up from sixty feet, you know, poke over the well, tip, live of the well. Yes. How, how is the rope? Almost done. Okay. Okay. It's been almost done for about yeah ever. I hope he understands the assignment. Well, remember, a, a, a round Robert. of combat in Dungeons and Dragons is six seconds long, so he's he's only had an additional eighteen seconds to work on this thing. Given a round of combat was a minute. No. Mm-mm. Round of combat, six seconds. Given there's no longer a evil threat at the end of the tunnel, do we want to search for the gold <laughs> before we... The half. Before we extricate us. I'm just saying we've already done the work. What? I'm just saying. And I'd rather not run into any surprises like the little critters that be running around with this thing. Two of the smaller ones took out two of us. I agree. Hey. It's just there is tale of a bag of gold somewhere down here, though, which we have not found. I'm going to yell up to Robert. Hey, Robert, can you put in a good word with your friends if we want to go back into the tunnels? Uh, Robert uh, pokes his head back over the uh, lip of the, of the well. No friends in tunnels. Only the bad thing and the eggs. I turn to Nevitz. There's eggs, Nevitz. Are you sure you want to go find gold when there's eggs? 
no, now I want to go destroy all of the eggs so that they don't hatch and kill the people Why? after we leave. We just, we could tell someone else. We could put a big sign that says, do not enter eggs. I, that, we're missing, there's, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, like, text is appearing above my head. The people of this town have been ugly to us. They get what they deserve. Where's that? Who impregnated the spider for eggs to be created? Robert pokes Robert. his head back up, though. That with me! Oh, okay. Well, that, that question's answered. Can we ask what Robert would say if he knew the bad thing was dead? Assuming it's, what, the boss we just killed? Yeah, will he help us out? Robert, we killed the bad thing. Will you help us out now? Robert pokes his spider face back up the lip of the wall. The bad thing is destroyed? Yes. Yes, of course I will help you. You friends to Spider Robert. And you just give Luthander a thumbs up. We're in. <laughs> and this, this enormous spider comes clattering back down the well the way it came. The rope swaying back and forth as it this bulk moves. Robert, is uh, this rude? But I've always wanted to do this. Can you carry me as we explore the tunnels? Is, Robert sort of tilts his body a little bit like he's, he's sizing you up and says... Of course. Come. And he like, crouches down so you can, you can climb up on top of his back. Oh, hell yeah, I do. And I look to the group, you're going to tell everybody about this, okay? <laughs> the bards will sing a bit more. Let's Thank just, you. Everybody. Let's do Thank the exploration. You. So, more, you climb atop this huge spider's back. Uh, it's, the hairs are, are coarse and bristly, but you can kind of like find a way for you to, to straddle its thorax, and the, the, the motion is a little... A little lurchy, but you can hang on. And away we go. Uh, can oh, I? What? Can we just confirm that Robert finished with the rope? Because that would be a great thing to finish right now. Add Wally will tug on the rope pretty hard just to make sure that he can hold his weight. Yeah, so you feel that the rope goes taut, uh, but does not fall back down. Oh, I think I could climb up with this. Robert did a good job. Should we keep Robert? No, that's inappropriate, right? I want to be Robert's friend forever. We can't bring Robert back. It would. I hate cause... to think of the food bill, but if he wants to join us, I mean, I, I think I he's a great think... attraction. I yeah. think he'd be. I think people would pay good money to see him be cool and do crazy stuff. Robert, what do you think about adventuring out in the world <laughs> and eating as many cows as you want? Yes, so many cows. Yes, Robert likes cows. He's in. <laughs> Starting with those farmers who were mean to us. Were you doing Farm? this? Yep. It's odd that Adewale is being one of the more sensible people in this situation. Adewale has a 13 intelligence. He's not dumb. No, I'm just... He would normally goes along with dumb stuff, but this... I see nothing good around. Like this it. seems like a brilliant plan to me. Yeah, yeah no, it <laughs> sounds like a good moneymaker, man. Or another Mix reason right for... Her to turn us away. That's a future Hanata's problem. monsters. I think Nevit mm-hmm. would um, do the same. Well, I'm sure the spider can see, but the rest of us can't. So I'd, I'd still throw the stone out ahead so more can see where the spider's taking her. Okay. With that, uh, are you going back to where you had found Robert last? Yeah, back east. Take a right, go south till we get to the Robert room and then continue on. So as you continue up to the north of the corridor, you see that it, there's a room at the very end of the northern corridor and then a new corridor that breaks off just before that door that shoots off toward the east. More. Does Robert know anything beyond here or has he gone this far? Um, Robert, have you seen anything really shiny in these tunnels? Robert sort of uh, bobs up and down as you sit astride it and says, Yes! shiny thing in the bad thing's lair. Okay, can you take us to the shiny things? Yes. So Robert begins lumbering down the eastern corridor, which you see has a door that appears to the north, and another much more ornate door appearing at the end of the tunnel to the east. And Robert turns his bulk towards that northern door where you can see this huge mass of green webbing all crisscrossing back and forth in the room like this enormous this maze of crystalline green web all over the place that stinks with that 
chemical smell that the arachnids have left behind. Set it ablaze, brother. Uh, yeah, so I will I will do flame blade and I will touch my scimitar off to some of the webbing to see if I can start burning it away before we go in there. As you burn some of the web away, you can see where the green tunnel opens up where there's a, a portion of the wall uh, at the back that's standing about eight feet high with this polygon-shaped device, the five-pointed star set in the center of it uh, in the stone. And at each point in the star is a little circular depression. And then it looks like there's that hanging from pegs on the side of the stone are five more devices, each with an engraving on it. Barely protruding above the webs, looks like a, a, a some sort of stone dais that juts out from the base, this rune-covered basing. And all around the room, there's all sorts of, of bits of fur and torn clothing and, and other bones mixed in with the web. More, oh. I think this goes back. S- yeah, I was going to say, he Nevitz walks back, curiosity, not killing the Hanatas this time, and he <laughs> tells his colleagues that he believes the the fulfillment of the omen we had heard is before us. And is there is there writing above that? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, Nevitz pulls out the um, his journal um, and casts light on his hand so he can read it, and he will read off the entire thing to everyone. Five points set on a wall of stone, a secret there to learn. Listen well of what we speak, the answer to discern. The highest place is day's dark night, her greatness over all. To the east is living death, who heeds this dark lord's call. Below and left the sage's delight, her passion burns within. Her sister to the right of her, she brews the deadly sin. From the west the dark flow runs, the darkest spell is cast. Give due to them their rightful place, or this could be your last. This could be your last. Are these gold um, things next to the pentagram diagram, are those like things that you could take out of the wall potentially? The place and the holes? Yep, so each of those pegs has a, its own separate marking on them. And uh, you see that there is a uh, a mark, a peg that is marked with an eclipse, uh, one that is marked with a skull token, one that is marked with a whip, uh, one that is marked with a potion bottle, and then one that is marked with a black river. Okay. So the highest day is dark, day is dark night. So that's north. And that would probably be an eclipse. Yeah. Okay, and then, yeah, uh, let's see. Are we are we doing this? Are we? I think we could uh, talk about this for a long time, but we're never gonna not do it. So I think we should just plunge okay. ahead. All right, push it in. Um, Hanata's curiosity. Yeah, we're going yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, we feel who's good pushing about pushing in the who's pushing in the token. We feel good about the eclipse. I think Nevitz mm. has probably got. He's probably mm-hmm. the most spry, so he'll pull it up. And also the shortest by far. Yeah, the, he, as he looks, he second guesses this is like, uh, he hands it to Adewale. I think you can do this. So as you put the token in, it once you align it up with the lip of hole in the, the pentagram, it almost sinks in of its own accord, and you hear this soft sigh throughout the room. Next. To the east is living earth. Um, can you give us the, the four remaining ones again? There's a skull. A whip, ocean, and black river. Okay. I mean, from the west, the is, darkest is li- flow runs, so the west one would be the river. We can work that way. So we slot it in there. Black river to the, to the west? He's going to slot while, it As you there. slot it, you hear the same same strange sensation as it's almost like the wall sucks in the token. And there's another contented sigh that echoes through the room. So below the left would be the whip, the sage's delight. Yeah. Nevis can do this one, so he'll he'll do on the, the bottom left. He'll put the whip. And as you slide into the bottom left, you, you hit that same side of the room as the wall sucks in the token. To the east is Dark Lord's, uh, or Living Death, so that's probably the skull. The skull. The east one? Yes. Oh, that's the higher up one. Add a wall, they will put that in there. It sinks in, and there's another sigh. No, not just leaves the potion. Yep, the potion goes in the last one. 
as you do this, you hear a, a voice reverberating through the room that almost feels like it's an, a message that was ordered here long, long ago. But the voice is definitely familiar to more. You hear <laughs> some, 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 someone say, Well done, my apprentice. You have passed the first test. You may now take the key of initiation into the hall beyond. Once you have crossed the portal, another trial awaits. Continue your path. The glory of the necromancer shall be yours. And then the entire pentagram rotates once and then slides away into the wall. As it does, you see that behind there are two sacks of coins, a a small box of intricately carved white wood, and then it looks like there is a a weapon in a scabbard that looks like looks exotic, like it's no, something you haven't seen and used anywhere in West Verdestia in your lifetime. And there's also a peg that looks like where someone might have once hung a key, uh, but is now empty. Take sacks, take sword, take whatever else is in there, and uh, rope. That was more that heard that voice, right? None of us heard it. You all heard that voice. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Everyone could hear that one. And wait, so we're expecting there to be a key there or something, and there is no key. That's what the voice told you. Yeah, that's that's perhaps telling us something. We might not have been the first one through here. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm also trying to think back of the that map we found at the very beginning because it did not speak of, like, why they came here in the first place. This is a bad time to also point out I've been feeling necromantic energy, like, all day and now we're you know we've run into a necromancer who was believed to be dead and now there's a missing key to an apprentice who needs more necromancy powers and this is all probably to kill the queen well thank you for sharing I still think we should grab the sacks of gold and everything else in there that nice looking sword thing and the intricately carved white things and skedaddle yeah can we just inspect the intricate white things to see what that is, Nate? It's a, it's a small box of a carved out of white wood. Can't quite determine what sort of wood this actually is, but inside the hinge lid you can see that there is a, a silver necklace with a jade pendant, and then a small uh, finely crafted leather pouch that hasn't been touched in a long time. Curiosity being what it is, um, Nevitz will first pull out the scroll of detect magic and cast that on the items to see if either one is magic before opening the bag. Using detect magic, so he's focusing on what might be at, at work here. It looks like nothing in the box is itself magical. And the nor the sword, because it's area of effect, right? For detect magic is yes. The With that, you're also trying to tune out all of the other magics around there because there is a a slew of magics that have enchanted this little chamber. Mm-hmm. And so as you concentrate, you can find the different points within 30 feet of you for, as per the spell. But within these specific items in the box, none of it is magic. In that case, he will open up the leather pouch. Inside, standing away in case it blows up. Rude decision. But no, uh, inside simply are some, some very, very old coins. Can I do a history check to see if somehow I know how old from what civilization, how long this has been here? Sure. Uh, 19. It takes you a moment to put together why these coins seem so unusual, but that's when you realize it's because they are actually stamped with the seal of the Athernic Empire, uh, which predates the the woe of ruin that was that broke magic across the world. So these, uh-huh. these coins are, are very, very old, uh, probably a sought-after collector's item but they are from a literal different age of the world. Nevis would relay that to the group and then look up. I mean, Ade's already put forward the idea that we don't search for the key. My only question would be is we don't see any other exits from this room. If you peer into the, the actual nest of the queen, you can see that just beyond there is a, a room that, that's, that feels warm and wet and humid. Uh, and it looks like the walls and ceilings are covered with these gray-green blob-like masses that are sort of 
peppered throughout there, almost like tumors. Eggs. I don't feel like omelets. Do we set it ablaze or do we extricate ourselves? Do we confirm with our friend uh, Robert that uh, he is happy with us burning his... Uh, his progeny? Progeny. <laughs> Mutant progeny. Um, hey, Robert, what are your thoughts on children? <laughs> this, this is really going quickly. <laughs> this, that, the answer to that could be quite a surprise. <laughs> children can be delicious. You, you can burn time. the eggs, guys. You can. It's okay. He's not going to be sad. You didn't specify his children. Fair enough. Robert, do you mind if we burn everything here, including the eggs? Oh, please. He says, please. I've got Firebolt. That's my only cantrip that can do this. So I will look to the party and see, do we all agree on this? And then kind of, does anyone else have cantrips that can do damage just in case uh, they start waking up and coming at us? Sacred Flame. Jericho? I don't know if I have any, like, stuff that can do damage, really. I mean, I can vicious mockery, but that's about it. Nevis would definitely look around and say, everyone be prepared. Our other ideas have not gone off without consequence, and he will just start doing cantrip um, firebolts in there. So, Nevis, as you do, the necrotic webbing catches a light almost instantly, just like dry kindling. And then as it reaches those huge tumor-like things... There's a loud popping sound followed by what's almost like human screams as the creatures twitch inside of them and then curl up in the flames. And it's just disturbing, but it's not dangerous. By the way, I know we kind of just went past it. More, that's the voice you've been hearing in your head all day? Yeah, you can see, you know, why I don't want it in my head. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Then I, I kind of feel we've finished this, so we either... There's one more door that we haven't checked out yet, which maybe it's a, an easier way out than climbing up the rope. And maybe there's more treasure. We really want to tempt fate, Nevitz. There's a key. A, a, there's no key. We don't got a key. Someone's already let this thing out, whatever it is. Yeah, the necromancer has enough power to kill the queen. That's beyond our control. You want to You want to go save For the now. queen? I'd prefer to check the last door before we go save the queen. <laughs> I prefer. We don't have. Is, is, the, is the door unlocked? Can we can we check if the door is unlocked? I really so is inspecting the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work, Jericho. Uh, so Jericho, as you look at that door at the end of the hallway, uh, you see the door appears to be made out of a a single sheet of metal, maybe corroded brass or bronze, and then uh, upon it, the face of the door is this huge ornate gargoyle head uh, crafted out of the same substance and you can see no handle no keyhole or any other visible means of opening the door uh, just that a strange uh, a very subtle breeze coming from under it is the gargoyle hot? what? Like, is he, <laughs> he fit? Uh, it's, a, it's more it's of a, a stylized dog face gargoyle than like the uh, wow Hot. Not not to yuck your yum, but that's a not conventionally attractive gargoyle. I look I look back at everybody. Uh, I like make like the pantomime gesture of turning a knob, and then I like I point at where the knob should be. Oh darn! There's no way to get inside. I guess we have to turn around. For once, I agree with more here. I I sincerely believe we should turn around and head back to our family, Nevitz. Family. I concur. And as Nevitt says that, he's slowly pushing a scimitar <laughs> against the door in the face of the cargo hill. So, Nevitt, as you press the blade of your scimitar to the door, the the gargoyle's head shudders for just an um, almost imperceptible moment. And then you see an oily black smoke begin to spew forth from its mouth. Nope. I'm going to grab Nevitz. <laughs> Robert, go! I just, like, kick like, him like a horse. Yep, and, and Robert, you know, gladly, like, you know, rears up a little, you know, trying to make a, a little whinny sound. It's more like a... Again, <sighs> scampering back towards the well. And I pick up Nevitz and follow after the spider. And uh, does the, the gargoyle does not say anything? No. 
You. Okay. I, I will deal with you later. Oh, Luthander's. Luthander's down with getting up and out of here. <laughs> Robert the spider races down the, the corridor back towards the daylight. You see that there's the, the rope still still attached securely to the web to the top of the well uh, with the unconscious man uh, still tied to the end of it. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're the yes, worst. We are the, we're the, we are the worst. <laughs> Thanks so, for the reminder. That <laughs> okay. one was going to put Nevitz on the rope and say, climb. Nothing else. Climb. And Nevitz will ascend. Um... As the lightest one, he'll he'll go up first, and then he'll make sure it is, in fact, tight enough for everyone else to climb up. Yep, and the rope seems to be fully secured. And the, as you come up over the lip of the well, that the, the the rope has been just splattered completely with spider webbing all along the trunk of a, the gnarled old tree uh, that the rope had originally been tied to. And are there signs of what oozed acid or poison or whatever it is that burnt through this rope? Like, are there, are there tracks or anything? at the top of the well as we ascend. Uh, make a perception check. Uh, six. No, not that you can see. Uh, Adderwall is going to look at Jericho. You're next. Up. I start climbing. All right. And Jericho easily gets out uh, nimbly from the top of the well. Points at more. You're next. Up. I have Robert. Robert, let's go. Cheater. <laughs> Robert, you know... The- all eight legs uh, splayed, goes, skitters up the well with ease. Okay, well, Luthander, up. All right, I'm climbing up. Again, Luthander, no issue whatsoever getting yourself up the rope out of this well. I'm so scared about what's to happen. Adewale <laughs> starts making his way up the rope. Okay, and Adewale, as you go, you can, you can feel the, the tension in the rope. Your massive bulk goes arm over arm, hand over hand. But after a, just a, a minute or two of exertion, you manage to crest the top of the well. Thank God. All right. And then he's going to pull up the rope to pull up the unconscious man. Yeah. So he just he comes over the side of the well. There's like a big thump of leaves and dead grass around you. Now, <sighs> trick is to find a way to convince everyone that we did not go to the woods, kidnap a man, and knock him unconscious and rob him. I suspect if we put him on the back of Spider Robert with more, no one will come close to us and we can get back to camp and tell the elders. That's a very good point. What time of day does it look like it's outside? Mid-morning, maybe just uh, an hour to, probably hour before noon. We've had a day. Yeah, it's only been been that long. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, You should take an hour break down at the bottom of the well. Uh, can can Spider Robert carry the unconscious man and more? I suspect she will not give up her seat. Yeah, you just sling him over the back. Spider's like the, the big bulbous back, riding into um, the carnival on a spider. Okay, this is important, Nevins. He, he's honestly he, he's sketching it in the book. He knows you'll want a copy later. Oh, can I make like a little flower crown for like the spider? Oh, so it sure. makes him look festive. I make a little flower crown and the flowers and like put it on circus his head. spider. Yeah, he's he's part of the crew. Part of the family. Oh, he's coming to us now. Yeah. All right. So we're making our way back to the back to camp, back to our circus, back to our carnival. Is everyone going to freak out if we turn out we turn out with uh, with Robert? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Yo, lovely, yeah. they are yeah. lovely guy, but oh, maybe we are. need to have a plan for this. He's got a flower crown. He's <laughs> Clearly one of the family. Our Beastmaster, I mean, we have kind of a, a sideshow because our Beastmaster has a manticore and a, I think an owlbear. Yes. Yeah. So okay. All right. what's a giant yeah. spider? Giant Except spiders. for another attraction. Yes, yeah. perfect. Now, I'm sure the locals will freak out, but that's part of keeping them away from the unconscious body that we did not do that to. So uh, we retrace our steps back to the carnival. Do we run into anything along the way? So no, actually, the even though the air is still quite crisp uh, with the coming of dark tide, the sun is still bright in the sky, and it seems that in spite of having an unconscious man lash the back of a giant spider that Moore is riding, the the air seems to have an, a, a bit of levity to it, and and Moore in particular feels like 
that that dark cloud that had been over you this entire day has, for the moment at least, lifted. Moore's just beaming, just smiling and giddy right now. She's like, today's been a great day, guys. I don't know what you, you think, but I feel great. Uh, you almost died. Hey, but I didn't. So as you arrive at the, the southern end of the carnival, you see you know, that there's a small group of Hanatas who are taking a break from their show, stretching, relaxing, you know, taking a drink and eating a quick snack. And then that, as your troop approaches, little Vezi, who's, who's hanging around there, there's a points and gas like, oh, look, they're amazing. Everyone turns to see that the spectacle of the giant spider that, that Moore is riding with a stranger and then with the, the, all the rest of you happen to now be carrying quite a, a, a sum of loot. I think we should make our way quickly to the private tent so we can uh, uh-huh. put the are money any, in, the, in the company coffers. Are there any normies around? Any normies? Uh, make a perception check there uh, for me, please. Adewale. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Holy macaroni. It's a 19 on the die. Plus. 19 on the die. So, as That's a matter... total. As a matter of fact, yes. You look around just trying to you know, kind of lay the land to make sure that the, the the constable with the fancy cape isn't about to get in your your grill or that no townies are, are freaking out. You, Adewale, spy someone who definitely is not Hanataz and definitely sticks out. The man has grayish-purple skin uh, as he stands near the, the edge of the woods watching you, and it looks like there is a starburst scar that he's ritually carved into his forehead. Seems suspect. And as you as he, he makes eyes with Adewale, he strides up to you, one hand on the hilt of his weapon as he, he lowers his voices. You there, boy. I must ask a question that will determine who lives and who dies this day. And that's where we'll end the session. Mother! Oh, that is holy! This guy's trying to test us. Who? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Visions Veiled and Violent a D&D actual play of Gooey Cube's darkest dream adventure from the Red Star Rising campaign. Check out their amazing content at gooeycube.com. Also, a special thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing the fantastic music that accompanied this episode. As ever, please like, rate, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And, if you can, help us out at Patreon by supporting us at the $3 tier. We hope to continue to share our collective storytelling with the community, and that's all made possible by your support. So please, tell your friends. Remember, you don't know the burden others have carried to arrive at your gaming table, so be kind. Safe travels until next week when we return to Visions Veiled and Violent.